Today I'd just like to continue our series in the book of Joshua. If you'd like to turn your Bibles to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, please. The series is called Crossing Over. And the original audience uh, is the people of Israel. And we've been working through this in the past few messages. The setting is Canaan, also called the Promised Land which is in the same area as where we find modern day Israel. And the book of Joshua outlines the history of Israel entering into the promised land, which was a land that was good. It was a land flowing with milk and honey, which God had planned and prepared for his people to enter into. And a few weeks ago we looked at the background to the story and the first message was called Giants in the Land. And we looked back at that point to Israel's disobedience to God. When he had asked them the first time to enter into the promised land, they didn't obey him, they didn't trust him. And instead of crossing over the Jordan River, they saw giants. Only Joshua and Caleb trusted God to lead them into the land. They said, the Lord is with us, don't be afraid of those giants. But the people didn't listen to them and this resulted unfortunately in that whole generation wandering around for 40 years in the wilderness. And what a shame that was. Moses had been the leader of the people over those years. And now after 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness, Moses had now died. And God had now called Joshua, Moses' assistant, to lead the people into the promised land. And we saw in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 10, the Lord's command to Joshua. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. So we saw that as they entered in, they were to get ready, they were to be strong and courageous, and they were to be careful to obey the Lord's instructions. Part 2 of the series was called Get Ready to Overcome the Enemy. And we saw that the instructions that God was giving his people then still would apply to us today as Christians. Because we as Christians are to get ready. We're in a spiritual battle with a very real enemy. And we saw there that uh, we have to get our supplies ready. We have to be united together in battle. We have to be fully armed and we looked at Ephesians chapter 6 and putting on the whole armour of God, being aware we're in a spiritual battle. And finally we had to fight in the authority of Jesus Christ, the name of all names. Last week's message was called uh, Look Over the Land. And in that we, uh, we saw the exciting story of Rahab and the two spies. And really this passage was all about faith. It was quite dramatic. And first of all we saw uh, Jericho, this this intimidating city with the mighty walls in there. And in come the two spies and they stay at Rahab's house. So they they were moving in faith into this intimidating situation, trusting God that he would see them all the way through. And also we saw faith that saves. We saw Rahab, this prostitute, this lady who was not an Israelite, that she had believed in the one true God. We saw that from the scripture there in chapter 2. And uh, in response to that faith, God was moving in action. And she was asked to put a scarlet cord in the window and her and her entire family would be saved. That was good, wasn't it? It showed you that her faith in the one true God 
was saving her and people around about her as well. And we just encouraged ourselves that as we reach out into the local community, we too can see miracles like that. God, can, God justifies ungodly people through faith in him. He saves us, he changes us and he gives us new life. And uh, part four, today's message. You would think I'd planned it. Uh, it's called New Beginnings. And uh, if you turn to Joshua chapter 3. I'd like if we could just walk ourselves through the story. And just try to put ourselves in the shoes of the people at the time. First thing I want to notice here. They were moving out. Let's look at verse 1. Early in the morning Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. You see there Joshua, he got up early in the morning. He was ready for action, wasn't he? He was ready, up early, unlike me half the time. But he was up early, ready for action. And so were the rest of the Israelites. They were fully on board. It says they all got up early. And they were ready, weren't they? They were ready to get moving. They were ready to move out. And what they were moving out in was faith. They were moving out in faith. They had previously, as we saw, they'd got their supplies ready. They had made preparations for the journey. And in the previous chapter we saw the spies had been out to give, and actually brought back a very encouraging report to say the Lord has surely given us the land. But now it was time to move out towards the Jordan. And when the people arrived at the Jordan River, they were now in position to cross over into the Promised Land. They camped there at the Jordan for three days, and no doubt they would be just looking at the the Jordan there. And uh, looking at this obstacle in front of them. They might be asking some questions like this. How are we going to cross over that? What route are we going to take through it? How are we going to get everybody across? All of us across? Remember there was estimated over a million people. There was various ages, various physical conditions. How are you going to get them all across the river? And bear in mind it was flood season as well. So the rivers were at their highest. You see they had never been this way before. But Joshua and the people were moving out in faith. They were trusting God to make a way for them where there seemed to be no way have you ever been in a situation before where there just didn't seem to be a way you just didn't have a clue what to do next you just can't see what the next step is you can't see the route ahead and all you can see ahead is obstacles and difficulties As a church fellowship here at New Beginnings, we've been trusting God, haven't we? We've been trusting God to make a way through for us. Where there seemed to be no way. And so often, when we didn't have a clue what we were going to do next, we simply trusted God to make a way through for us. Can we testify to that? I'm sure we could go around the room and we could give specific examples. But all praise to God. He makes the way through. So they were moving out. Verse 2. 
after three days the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it you are to move out from your positions and follow it then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before keep, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark do not go near it so you see there the officers go through the camp with a clear instruction to the people they had previously gone through the camp in Joshua 1, 10 to 11. They had said at that point, get your supplies ready. Get your supplies ready. But now the instruction was different. The instruction was move out. But they were only moved to move out from the positions when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the priests who were carrying it went ahead of them. They were to follow the Ark of the Lord. So what was the Ark? Well, in Exodus 25, verse 10 to 22, we read the account of how God had instructed uh, Moses to have the Israelite people build an ark. And there was very specific instructions about how to build it. It was made of acacia wood with a pure gold over the top. And there was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in there that the Lord had given to him with the testimony on it from God. very important thing about the ark is that it was the throne of God it was the place where God was promising to meet the people he was presencing himself between the two cherubim there was two cherubim on the top of it looking at each other and uh, God was to be enthroned there this is God's presence God coming down meeting with the people there it's very important to realise that that's what that means the ark and what it represents So the ark going out before the people would be very, very clear as to what was happening here. As the people were moving out in faith, God himself was going before them. And they were to follow God. When Moses announced that Joshua would lead the people into the promised land, he shared this message from God in Deuteronomy 31.3. He said, The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of the land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you. As the Lord said, verse 8, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So we see there that although it was really clear that Joshua had a place of leadership of the, that God had called him to for the people, the emphasis of leadership was never on Joshua. The emphasis of leadership was on the Lord. Yes, Joshua would lead the people across the Jordan, but it was the Lord himself who would cross over ahead of them. Joshua would simply be following the Lord and leading the people across. And do you know what? God promised to defeat the enemy at the other side. This wasn't only a promise for Joshua, it was a promise for all the Israelite people. So the ark was going ahead of the people. This would encourage them, this would give them courage and strength as they remembered these words. The Lord himself is going ahead of them. They had marched in the wilderness over the years and I was laughing there when Alec was talking about the, you know, the people with movable positions there in the wilderness 
and the Lord always led them. But what rejoicing here. Do you see the rejoicing? Here they're coming into the, pl- the promised land now. They're not wandering around aimlessly, as it were, because of sin and disobedience. Now they're moving in. And this is, this is the final movement. This is the final movement. They're going right in, following the Lord into their place of rest. And in our own lives, it's really important as, as Christians that we take steps of obedience in our own lives. God has prepared a good plan for us. We see that clearly from his word. His good plans for us to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. So he has a good plan. And he has a particular way mapped out for each one of us to walk in. And as we pray and seek his guidance, and as we read the word of God, we get that direction from the Lord. But then we need to take steps to follow it. Follow the Lord's leading in obedience. You see, we've got a choice to make. God never forces us to do anything. We have a choice to follow the Lord's leading or not. But if we choose to follow him, we will not be disappointed. So I'll just say a word. This is a word to me as much as anyone else. As I know the majority of us are believers here today. You can still sometimes be wandering in the spiritual wilderness, you and I. And not be living in the fullness of all that God has already prepared for us. So let's move on to maturity in Jesus Christ. To apply this message further to date is as Christians, let's listen to Jesus' words in Matthew 18.16, the Great Commission. 18. Then Jesus said, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Praise the Lord. So Jesus has given a very clear instruction, not only personally as believers, but also as a church. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. The disciples would be very aware that they would face danger and much opposition as they went out in following this instruction. But this is still God's instruction to us here today in Marysburg and in the surrounding areas and wherever God has placed us and in all nations and in Moody'sburn can we not say God has led us step by step we've followed his leading seeking his guidance and he's still leading us onwards in this mission we have to reach the world for Jesus And if we believe in Jesus as our Saviour, we can claim this personal promise from him. And surely I am with you, always, to the very end of the age. We have hope for this life, and hope for the life to come. Praise the Lord. He never, ever lets us go. Never lets us go. So we're moving out in faith. Secondly, there's a if we go to verse 4 there's this idea of cleansing 
but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. See, these people would have been well aware of the holiness of God. Now by holiness we mean God is perfect, He is sinless, He is other, He is completely good, and He is love. So this sense of keeping a distance between themselves and Ark would have been symbolising that, the holiness of God. And it would be symbolising the fact we have a reverence and a healthy fear of the living true God. And Joshua said, consecrate yourselves. Our translation says, purify yourselves. Or you could say, sanctify. The idea is to prepare yourselves being holy, pure and clean. We read in Old Testament and it's repeated again in the New Testament. The Lord says, be holy, for I am holy. And as Christians... We are not saved by our good behaviour. Praise the Lord or none of us would be saved. But when we are saved, our behaviour should reflect our Saviour. And as Christians we are called to move onwards, onto maturity. God has saved us by His grace and we are His children. But we are called to live holy lives. We are His representatives. 1 Peter 1, 14 says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And you may say to yourself, Well, how can we do that? Well, we didn't do it. <laughs> Jesus did it. Jesus prepared the way for us to be able to to, to live in this holiness of life. Romans 6, verse 6. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we were joined with him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ in baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. This is all about new beginnings. And God has prepared the way for us to live a new life. Did you see there? We have died to sin. It no longer has power over us. Do you believe that? I know sometimes it can be hard to believe that because the sinful nature still kicks and screams, doesn't it? It's still present. But believers have the Holy Spirit of God living within us. Enabling us to live these new lives. And not only that, sin's power is absolutely cancelled on the cross of Jesus Christ. Absolutely dealt with once and for all. And do you know all we need to do is receive that and really believe it in our hearts. And respond and say, we're now dead to this. We're going to live this glorious new life that God has called us to live. Philippians 1.27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. 
If they live our lives in such a way that it's worthy of the gospel of Christ, we're not saved by our behaviour. But our behaviour should reflect our saviour. And as we are we are witnesses to the world for Jesus Christ, aren't we? And you notice there he talks about unity in the fellowship. Praise God for a, a fellowship here that's united together, that loves each other, that's real. He says, you stand in one spirit. Jesus said, by this will all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's how they'll know. And we're called to live the holy life and remember that when we believe in Jesus as our saviour, we've already received the new beginning. We've already received the new life, him living within us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And we were sanctified. And we were cleansed. We were washed the day we were saved. Do you believe that? We were washed. It was dealt with. Don't let the devil ever tell you it wasn't dealt with. It was dealt with. In 1 Corinthians uh, 6, there's a list of quite dramatic sins. Uh, I'm not going to read them. But Paul says, after listing all of those lifestyles and sins, he says in verse 11, And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. It's a new beginning. In the Bible, the imagery of washing your body and changing your clothes symbolised a new beginning with the Lord. God has to cleanse us, doesn't he? Before we can follow him. Do you know something? I really think God's got something special for us here as a fellowship. I really do. But just believe it for yourself, wherever you're at. Receive this. God has given you new, new life and His Spirit to live that life and reach out. Thirdly, the Lord Himself goes ahead of you. Verse 7 And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So we're to move out, stand in the river, there's still no clue. What's going to happen next? Verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hiviites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. (laughs) You see, the people of God were to expect a miracle. They were to expect a miracle. They were not to lose sight 
of what Almighty God can do. Things that seem humanly impossible to God are possible. And as the people of Israel approached the River Jordan, they had been promised a miracle. Verse 13. So here we go. 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And now the Jordan is at flood stage, all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan while the water flowing down to the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Amen. In uh, Hebrews 11, 29, it gives us a reminder, because this is reminding us of another occasion. It says, Hebrews 11, 29, By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. So if you just think, what's in my mind is a picture of salvation coming out in the Exodus. The enemy's at your back. He's out to get you. Accusations and sins. The Lord makes a way. You pass through in dry ground. Experiencing salvation, the people did, didn't they? They experienced salvation from the enemy. But now they were entering in to all that God had prepared for them. All the blessings and all the promises of God. And they were entering by faith. By faith they did it the first time they followed God through the Red Sea. And by faith they were now following God into the promised land. And my my final point today is that everyone can have a new beginning. Everyone can have a new beginning. In Romans 10, um, verse 6, this was the first passage we ever uh, had a message on in the church over at the pivot centre. And it just came to mind today and I feel it's appropriate. Romans 10, verse 6. It's called Salvation is for Everyone. But faith's way of getting right with God says, verse 8. The message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and it's in your heart. And that message is the very message about the faith we preach. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord 
will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. And if you don't know Jesus is your saviour, I believe we all do here today, but if you didn't, you can receive Jesus as your personal saviour. The way is open to everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. And we're made right with God through faith. In what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us already. He died on a cross for us. And he took all of our sins onto himself. He shed his own blood for us. And the scriptures say, without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus sacrificed his own life to make a way through for us. To cross over into a right relationship with God. Sin was the barrier between us and God because God is holy. And to have a right relationship with him we need to have those sins removed. And just as the Israelites were had to cross over that Jordan in faith, so we have to cross over through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus has already went ahead of us. He has prepared the way for us. And then three days later, Jesus rose again. Amen. He is alive. And through his death and his resurrection, he has defeated the power of sin that leads to death. We need to believe this truth. We need to confess our sins and receive God's forgiveness. And he will save us. And nothing can ever take us out of his hand. And we receive his Holy Spirit in us. The promise of his presence with us forever. And the promise of eternal life in heaven. You can have a new beginning. And as believers in Jesus we have a solid assurance that we are saved from our sins. So Romans 8. So there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. So as believers in Jesus, we have received the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. And that's a guarantee of the fact that we're saved. Ephesians 1.13 And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as, as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. 
whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. This is the promised land. And now Jesus is saying to all of us, follow me. Follow the leading of God in your life. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in you. God says to us, be my hands and feet in this world. Show my love and compassion to other people. Share the good news that I love them and that I died for their sins. And they too will come to faith in me. So let's be encouraged today. God has a wonderful plan unfolding here in Middlesbrough and in our own lives. And as we're taking a step forward today in faith, let's believe that many, many people are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Let's expect miracles. Tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things. Nothing is impossible to God. Let's expect new beginnings for people as they come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I'm going to just read in closing Ephesians 3.20 Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. In the message, this is what it says. God can do anything you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh yeah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you have made a way for us, God. We thank you for your wonderful plan in sending your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to bear the sins of the whole world. And Lord, we thank you that on that cross you brought the power of sin and death by the shedding of the blood of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, a perfect and a sinless sacrifice to give us a new beginning. And we thank you, Lord God, that we can come today in faith. And we thank you for every person here that can say yes. I have been given a new beginning in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thank you for forgiveness of sins, Lord. Thank you for that cleansing. Thank you for making a way when there seemed to be no way for us. And you did it. And we thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done for us. Glory to God. And Lord, we thank you that as a fellowship, you are doing amazing things amongst us. And we believe, God, that as we step into new things, this place that you prepared for us here today, we thank you for it, Lord God. We can see your hand in every aspect of it. We know, Lord God, this is a place that you have preordained for this fellowship. And we thank you for it. And we say glory to God. 
and we just acknowledge that it's not man that does these things it's God who does them and you have went ahead of us and you have guarded every aspect and you're a mighty and a faithful God but Lord God our heart is, is, is for this community Lord so many people that don't know they have a saviour and Lord God, we just, we just stand in faith, believing that you're going to work miracles here in Marysburg. And we would just graciously ask, Lord God, that you would help us to prepare for all that you're doing here. And help us, Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit. We ask you, Lord God, to give us that strength to stand in your power. It's not by might, not by power, but by your Spirit. And Lord, just help us to be that holy people, Lord God. You've called us, we are a holy people. And we ask you, Lord God, just to surround us and help us, Lord, as we serve you. And we pray that many, many, many people, Lord God, would join us in salvation. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. And we believe it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.